uh, specifically the condition of your heart. And, and that is um, time and time again, probably the most important thing that God looks at when he is, 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 is looking at you is he's looking at the condition of your heart. And, and that's really the most important thing. We even see that with Abraham because, you know, sometimes I think about what it must be like for somebody in the Old Testament to really have a relationship with God. And to us, we understand what salvation is according to our relationship with Jesus because of the sacrifice he made on the cross. But for those in the Old Testament, over and over again, God says um, that it's, it's the heart that he looked at, right? And, 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 we, um, and we can see that. Even, even David, King David, was, was named a man after God's own heart uh, because of the heart that he had, right? And so today we're going to be talking about the heart and, and, and how we can actually identify whether or not our heart is in the right place and, and, um, and, and, and really understand that so that we can work on it and let God work on it and, and be the best that we can be in our relationship with God as a Christian that God called us to be. So a little bit of background on this verse. We're going to be reading, if you want to turn there while I'm talking about this, uh, from Matthew chapter 12. It's going to start in verse 33. But this passage, Jesus had just healed a man that was demon-possessed and could neither speak or um, see or speak. All the people who were around were drawing to the conclusion that Jesus was the Messiah, son of David. So when the Pharisees heard about this, they said, no wonder he could cast out demons. He gets his power from Satan, right? The Pharisees are always upset about something, trying to find a reason why Jesus isn't who he is, right? And uh, so they're saying he's gotten his power from Satan, who is the prince of demons, and they are accusing Jesus of this. Right? Jesus knew what was really going on, so uh, he throws it back at the Pharisees like he usually does. He doesn't play around with them. Right, When it comes to religion and things like that versus a relationship with God, the Father, and everything like that, Jesus doesn't mess around with that kind of stuff, especially with the Pharisees. We see that a lot in Scripture. Jesus knew what was really going on, so he throws it back at them by saying that they exercise demons, so wouldn't that mean that they are doing it with the same power of Satan? Uh, he said that only some, uh, someone more powerful than Satan can take him over and plunder his house, which meaning that, that there is only one power that this is coming from, and it's from God the Father, right? Even the Pharisees who, who cast out demons, and, and you know they're part of the Israelites, the chosen people of God and everything, and God was with them as well, but they are getting a little bit lost in the religion and the rules of it all, rather than the, the whole point of this, right? Um, so after he disproves the Pharisees, he says this, and this is the verse that I'm going to focus the most on right here, Matthew chapter 12, verse 33 through 37. Says a tree is identified by its fruit. If a tree is good, its fruit will be good. And if a tree is bad, its fruit will be bad. That's pretty self-explanatory, really. I mean, anybody can understand that. Even, even trees that don't produce fruit, you can still identify the tree by what it produces, the leaves that it has, the bark that's on the tree, how it grows, and everything like that. We know what kind of tree it is because of how it produces, right? So he says, You brood of snakes, talking to the Pharisees. How could evil men like you speak what is good and right? For whatever is in your heart determines what you say. Whatever is in your heart determines what you say. So Jesus is saying to these Pharisees, how could you possibly be good? Because what is in your heart is not good. We need to focus on this for ourselves and, and always have this as a constant reminder of checking our heart and making sure that our attitude is right, making sure that what we're putting inside of our heart is correct. The, the things that we watch, the things that we say, the things we listen to, the, 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 the path that we choose with our life, all of these different things um, can be reflected in our heart. He says, a good person produces good things 
from the treasury of a good heart. And an evil person produces evil things from the treasury of an evil heart. And I tell you this, you must give an account on judgment day for every idle word you speak. The words you say will either acquit you or condemn you. So when Jesus is getting at here is that the things that we say don't always line up with the intentions of our heart. The words that come out of our mouth are not always exactly what's going on on the inside of us, right? The things that we do, the actions that we have, the fruit we produce shows what we do and who we are. He says, but it will be known, uh, uh, it'll be known by who we are by the fruit that is produced in our lives. We are known by our fruit. Whatever is produced in our lives, we, people know us by that, right? Jesus is comparing us to the trees in this situation. It's pretty obvious that that's what's happening. Um, and, and we can, like I said before, we can definitely identify from plants and trees and everything around us what type of plant it is, whether it's good or bad, according to what it produces, right? Even if a tree doesn't have fruit on it, you can see that. Um, and and you, you know that it's a healthy tree if it's full and, and, and rich and green and but we understand that a tree is dead, too, because we can see that there's branches that are falling off or there's no leaves being produced on it. We can see that, that clearly there's something wrong with a tree. It's obvious to us um, if, if there are things that are wrong. And when it comes to us, there are many ways that people can see the fruit in our lives. This can be through our actions, our words, our attitudes, and other things, right? And I don't know about you, but it's pretty easy to me to tell if somebody's being fake, Right? I think that people can put on a mask and, and they, can, they can last for maybe a little bit, but, but nobody can pretend to be somebody else forever. Right? If you guys ever come into contact with somebody or, or had a situation where you've had a friend, maybe even a family member or a neighbor or something, and, and you're just like, man, that person's being so fake right now. They say all this stuff and they talk about all this stuff, but the way that they act and the way they live their life or whatever, and, and, and it's pretty easy for people to tell if somebody's being fake, if somebody's trying to put on something else and say that there's something that they're not, because sooner or later, the actions are going to prove it out, right? The lifestyle is going to prove it out. And so in that same way, we have to be aware that we can talk all that we want, but truly what is in our heart is what people are going to see. What is in our heart is what people are going to see, and not only what people are going to see, but what God is going to see, and that's the important part, right? So... Um, so what do you think your fruits say about you? You know, the better question is, you know, what does your uh, spouse say your fruits say about you? <laughs> uh, it's, it's, it's hard to evaluate ourselves sometimes, but, um, but man, if you really want to know uh, what the actions of your life say and speak about you, ask somebody who's close to you, right? Because they'll tell you, uh, but be prepared because it might hurt a little bit. <laughs> so um, it, it may be good too. I'm not saying that, you know, everybody in here is bad or whatever, but, but truly, if, if there's something, you know, if I went up to Liz right now and I said, hey, tell me something I need to work on, so she'd pull a list out of her pocket and start reading. Um, maybe not, but she probably would. She's probably got it somewhere. <laughs> um, so, um, so, what does your fruit say about you? You know, uh, if you really want to know, um, ask somebody that's close to you. You know, we've all heard uh, the saying, uh, actions speak louder than words, right? Uh, it really is true. It really is true that your actions speak louder than words, right? It's like, uh, you know, if somebody shows up, you know, maybe you guys in here, some of you might be uh, uh, own your own business or manage something or whatever, work with people. Um, you know, there's always that initial period when you hire somebody or somebody starts working that 
You know, they could say a lot of things and talk a big game, but eventually it's going to be proven out in, in the way that they work, their work ethic and what they do. And, you know, is, is it something where, you know, you know, at first, you know, maybe something like, oh, you know, I'm still learning or whatever. I'm still working on it. You know, I'm sorry about this. They could be talking it up and everything like that. But eventually their performance is going to show out and, and, and you're going to know exactly who that person is. In that same way, we have to understand that that's what our heart does for us when it comes to our relationship with God. That's what our heart does for us when it comes to showing other people what we really are, that our intentions are pure, that we have integrity, that, that we are truly a, a son or a daughter of God like we say we are and that we believe we are, right? So another thing that I want to point out here is that we see this in verse 34 and 35, that what is in your heart determines what you say. What is inside of your heart determines what you say as well, Right? This is the portion of the passage that I really think speaks to me the loudest and I think can have the biggest impact on us when it comes to um, the, the life we live and the example that we have for others um, today, right, and, and in the future. And, and so the condition of your heart determines the things that you do and say. Some versions uh, word this a little differently and it helps to understand it a little better. So in the English Standard Version, I'm reading from the NLT, New Living Translation. In the ESV, English Standard Version, this verse says, for out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks, right? And then in the New International Version, it says, out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks, right? When it comes to the Pharisees, Jesus is basically saying, you're supposed to be religious leaders who do the right thing, but you're shooting yourselves in the foot with what you are saying because your hearts are full of evil, Right? You're supposed to be this good person, this religious leader, this teacher that can teach other people the words of God and everything like that and the law, uh, everything that they had to follow up to that point. But because of the actions and the words that they've saying, it's apparent that they're not the good people that they say they are and that their hearts are full of evil. It's exactly what Jesus said. They're, they're full of how can evil people speak what is good. Our words have a lot of power. And the scripture strongly uh, talks strongly about the power of the tongue, Right? And so when there's that link between our heart and the words we say, and then I'm about to read a scripture in James that talks about the power of the tongue, that's a very important thing, and it all starts from your heart. It all starts from your heart. So uh, I, I really like that, the, the New International Version, where it says, for out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. There's a lot of stuff that's inside of our heart, right? And, um, and, and I like to think of it as an overflow because we're constantly putting things in our heart, Right? And, and as we're putting things in, things are flowing out. And, and we really need to understand that, that everything that goes into our heart eventually comes out through our words, through our actions, just like the scripture says, right? So uh, talking about the tongue in James chapter 3, verse 1 through 5, it says this, Dear brothers and sisters, not many of you should become teachers in the church, for we who teach will be judged more strictly. Indeed, we all make many mistakes, for if we could control our tongues, we would be perfect and could also control ourselves in every other way. And this tells me that, that controlling your tongue is the, the ultimate discipline that we can have in our life, right? And, you know, um, you know saying like if you, you know, I think about it this with me. I try to hold myself responsible and be a little bit more disciplined. But, you know, if you can't make your bed when you get up in the morning, how do you expect yourself to control your tongue, you know? And it's saying that, that if you can control your tongue, We'd be perfect and could also control ourselves in every other way. And controlling our tongue can be hard sometimes. Sometimes something pops into your mind and you're like, I really need to say this right now. And you're like, hold it in. Don't say it. Depending on the, the situation you're in. And sometimes it's not appropriate to say everything that comes in, into our mind. In fact, maybe most times it's not appropriate, right? And, uh, and, and so it goes on to say this. We can make a large horse 
go wherever we want by means of a small bit in its mouth. And a small rudder makes a huge ship turn wherever the pilot chooses to go, even though the winds are strong. In the same way, the tongue is a small thing that makes grand speeches. There is a lot of power in our tongue, right? And I believe that passage goes on to say that our tongues are, are set on fire by hell itself. Like, that's a very strong statement to say about the power of our tongue and being able to control it. But you see, I think the trick here is not necessarily learning how to hold back the things you shouldn't say or learning when to say the right things or when not to. I think those are important, but I think the trick here and what I'm trying to get to is that what we really should be focusing on is our heart. Because out of the abundance, out of the overflow of our heart, the mouth speaks. It's very important, right? And, and I, I think up to this point, maybe, maybe I've gone a little bit too far on the side of like, make sure you don't have anything bad in your heart. You, know, you don't have anything bad. People are going to know if you're bad. But here's the other side of that. You have to understand that people will know that you are good by what is in your heart. People will know that you are a son or a daughter of God by what's in your heart. When they see that tree producing beautiful fruit and green and luscious, they're going to understand that you have a connection to God, right? Because a tree cannot grow without deep roots and without water, and that comes through spending time in prayer and reading the scripture. And people are going to know who you are according to the actions of your life, according to the fruit that is produced in your life. So we really need to be focusing on what's in our heart. Right? What are you putting in your heart that is fueling your tongue? Imagine a, a pitcher of clear water. You know, if there's only one drop of, of food coloring in that pitcher of clear water, it's all going to change the color of that food coloring. Right? And, and this is what I was talking about earlier with the, with the overflow. Right? All you need to do is put one drop of something, and that entire pitcher is going to change according to that one thing that you put in there. Right? It's going to go throughout and contaminate the entire pitcher of water. And when the water is poured out, the water is mostly pure, but it's still obvious that there's darkness in there, right? And so we got, you know, something in our heart that, that shouldn't be there. We're putting things in there, and what's happening is it's actually mixing, right? It's actually stirring in there, and it's not like we can just kind of keep this compartment in the bottom of our heart with all of our secrets and all the things that we do that we are not proud of and, and stuff like that. You see, it, it all is an overflow. It all comes together and it mixes and, and it turns. And, and when it is poured out, because we're constantly pouring things in and there's not enough room to contain it all, it, it splashes out and overflows out of our heart through our actions and our words and everything like that. And people are going to begin to see, they're going to be able to tell that, that maybe there's something not completely right. Even though what we do is mostly good, if there's bad in there, it will mix and it will overflow and and, and it will show through our actions, through our fruit that is produced out of our lives. When it comes to our heart, you can't choose to only let it out what is good. Or you can't only let the good stuff overflow in abundance, right? If there's evil in your heart, evil will come out in your fruit. We need to make sure that we're cautious of what we are putting into our heart. Because if there is something evil in our heart, it will overflow and affect those around us. There's a lot of stuff around us that we need to guard our hearts from. There's a lot of things around us that, that we need to try to stay pure from, right? And, and I, I think that, you know, especially young people uh, during this time have, have a very uh, big challenge ahead of time to keep themselves pure, right? Because where things used to be, things that were impure used to be a lot more inaccessible, right? Um, you know, whether it's music with bad language that talks about uh, inappropriate things or it's TV shows that you watch or, 
you know, you've got streaming services now that it's, it seems to be okay for them to just put nudity in it no matter what, you know. Um, and like I almost, we, Liz and I had Netflix for a long time and we would watch a lot of shows on there, but there's a lot of, almost all the Netflix original series, I'm not gonna say almost all, I, don't, I haven't like watched them all to check or whatever, you know, but, but it, it surprised me that we start watching a show and it's interesting and then all of a sudden, you know, you see something and you're like, oh, well, that's not appropriate. And, and, and so we don't watch it a lot, but, but there's so much going on now where things are so accessible and you have to understand this. And if there's any you know, parents or grandparents of teenagers or, or anything, young people in here, you have to understand that, that while they may not be choosing it, kids with smartphones are basically carrying around pornography or bad, you know, whatever it is in their pockets all the time. They have access to it, right? And there's ways that you can, I mean, if you're really curious about this, I can, I could talk to you about ways that we've helped people and parents be able to have accountability for their kids through smartphones and stuff like that. But, but we have to be really careful about what we put in our hearts and, and we have to guard our hearts from those types of things, right? Um, and, and honestly, thinking back, I'm not totally sure if it, it's, People have been dealing with the same problem since, you know, the times of, uh, of the Bible. People have been dealing with, uh, you know, sin issues all across the board, no matter what it was during this whole time. It's just coming in a different form, right? And so we have to adapt the ways that we guard ourselves according to that. Um, so my, my, something my youth pastor used to always say to me is uh, garbage in, garbage out. Uh, and he would, he would um, abbreviate it to GIGO. Uh, garbage in, garbage out. So if you put garbage in, garbage is going to come out of your life, right? And, uh, and he'd always talk about that, you know, what are you putting in your life and uh, make sure that it's not garbage and everything. Um, and, and I think it used to worry me thinking about God looking at the inmost parts of my heart, worrying about what he would find. Um, and so worrying about what he would find, I would almost foolishly like attempt to hide those things from him. I would, you know, through, through what I did in youth group and everything like that, I would, I would make sure that I was worshiping hard. I would make sure I was doing all the right things. But sometimes I had things that I was dealing with, and I would try to pretend like they just didn't exist or whatever. Because it would scare me, because I knew I would read passages like this. I'm like, God can see exactly what's in my heart. And so foolishly, you know, it was foolish, however, because, you know, the same God that I was trying to hide my faults from is the only one who can clean them out. The same God that I was like, Lord, I don't want you to see this part of my heart. You know, and, and sometimes we deal with that, whether it's like a, um, an attitude issue of like, like I know that I, uh, I don't have the right attitude about this, God. I know that I'm not thinking appropriately about this or, or a sin issue. Like I know I, I'm looking at this and I shouldn't be or I, I know that I'm, I'm, I'm lying and I shouldn't be or, or whatever it is. Whatever that situation is, it's foolish to try to pretend those don't exist or hide them from God because what really needs to happen is God is the one that needs to look at it so that he can remove it right? There's no point in hiding those dark parts of our heart from God because he is the one that can clean them out, right? And, and we can think that, hey, I can do this on my own. I'm strong enough. I can get over this. I can stop doing it. But there's so much power that comes in surrendering your heart to God and saying, whatever it is that you want, Lord, do with me what you will, and, and letting him find those places and walk you through teaching you how to, how to overcome those things and, and cleaning that out. And so don't be my, my, my advice in this situation would be don't be ashamed of the sin that's in your heart. Instead, give it to God. Talk about it with God and say, I have this issue that I'm dealing with. I don't have the right attitude in this situation, Lord, and I need you to come in and help. Openly confess and admit when there's something wrong because God is the one that can go in there and change those sins, right? So when we're thinking about this, I, I want to focus a little bit on, on the other side of this. 
Because I think that we should not, I, 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 we shouldn't be in the place, it's not healthy, we shouldn't be in the place where we're continuously running from our sins and saying, uh, you know, oh, stop doing that, don't do that, don't do this, don't do that, right? And, and instead, I think what we should be doing is focusing on getting closer to God and everything else will fall away, right? And I, and I think sometimes like uh, dealing with some of the teenagers and talking to some people about some of this stuff, um, and, and it may be not so different between teenagers, maybe this is across the board, I just deal with teenagers all the time, so that's how my mind thinks, but they do this thing where like they got the sin issue over here in their life and, and you know, God's over here saying, hey, come to me, I'll help you, come to me so that, that you can be forgiven, so that you can be washed clean by my blood and everything like that. And, and the whole time they're like, uh, you know, God's trying to pull them this way and they're looking back at the sin and saying, okay, I'm going to let it go. And really, they just need to turn to God and go, right? And everything else will fall away. Don't focus so much on the things that are in your life. Focus on getting close to God. And this is a cool thing. If you are filled with Jesus and you are continuously putting um, his spirit into your heart, right, and things into your heart that are pure and holy, the overflow out of your heart has the power to change people's lives in a positive way, right? If you are careful to take care of your heart and you're continuously pouring good things in and you are being filled with the Holy Spirit, that overflow out of your heart, it's going to get on the people around you, right? And people are going to see that you know who Jesus is. They're going to get to meet Jesus for themselves because he is in you, right? And you, you got to understand that people aren't saved. You might be the best example of Jesus that they ever meet before they meet him themselves, right? And so when we put these things in our heart, when we're filled with the Holy Spirit, good things are going to flow out of your heart and you're going to begin to see miracles happen. You're going to see lives change. You're going to see um, you know, not only your own life as well, but the people around you. And, and it really is an amazing thing that God has, has created here because that same power of the tongue that God says is lit on fire by hell itself is also coming out of a pure and a clean heart filled with the Holy Spirit is a powerful thing that can speak life, that can cure diseases through the power of the Holy Spirit, right? That can heal and everything like that. We have to understand there's two sides to this scale, and when we tip it heavy in the direction of God, amazing things are going to come out of our life, and we need to be so important of that, and it's, it's so important not to hang up on the idea of stop sinning, stop sinning, stop putting this in your life, stop doing this, and, and push ourselves in the direction of filling ourselves with more of who God is, more of his word, more of his scripture, more of his Holy Spirit, so that we can be the people that he created us to be, Right? Um, one of my favorite verses when it comes to this is Galatians chapter 5. Uh, you guys might know this as the, the fruits of the Spirit verse. Um, and so Galatians chapter 5, verse 16 through 26, it says this, So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other so that you are not um, to do whatever you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. The acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, uh, dissension, uh, factions and envy, uh, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. But... The fruits of the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. 
Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking and envying each other. You see, this is what it's all about, right? There's a place in our heart for something, and we can only put one thing at a time. We can either live by according to what we want and our own fleshly desires and, and, and sinful nature and things like that, or we can live by the Spirit, right? And the thing that I love the most about this is it says that there's no room for both of these, right? And so if you or somebody you know is struggling with a sin issue in their life, right, if you are filled with the Holy Spirit and you are living according to the Spirit, there is no room for the sin in your heart. They are contrary to each other, right? And this is what I'm talking about because, because you can, if you're continually focused on keeping the sin out of your life, like that's the wrong kind of game. You're never going to catch up. You're never going to get ahead of the ball, right? But if you focus on filling your heart with the Holy Spirit, there is only room for the Holy Spirit and your sinful nature has no belonging in there, right? And, and this was a huge thing to me because I was dealing with some sin issues when I was younger and, and a teenager growing up in the youth group. And, and this verse meant so much to me because, because it finally clicked in my mind that all I need to do is continually fill myself up with Jesus and, 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 and read his word and, and pray and spend some time worshiping with him. And by doing this, my heart would be full of the spirit and I would no longer have to deal with these sin issues because I was full of who he was and that was overflowing out of my life. And, and the, uh, the side effects of that, good side effects, are that the people around me begin to notice the, the things that I was doing, they begin to notice the, the hand that God had in my life, and I began to be able to witness to people and have testimonies and things because God was doing so many amazing things in my life during that time, right? We all have influence over the people around us. And it's up to us to determine whether that is going to be good or bad. When you decide to give up your sin and fill yourself with the Holy Spirit, it really changes things. If we live our lives examining our hearts instead of our actions, we would have a lot more genuine people being used by God. Think for a minute of all the people that you encounter in your life. If we live our lives overflowing with the Holy Spirit, with his presence, I think that we would find so many opportunities to witness to the people around us. And I'm not just saying like, you know, hey, memorize the Romans road and try to get a conversation with them where they say a prayer or something like that. I'm saying you're going to find an opportunity in conversation where you're going to be able to pray a powerful prayer because you are filled with the Holy Spirit and out of the whatever is in your heart is going to be what you speak, right? And there's power in that tongue and you're going to find yourself having the ability to have conversations with people where truly you're able to, to bring life change in their life through the power that is in you, right? And when we focus on this and we stop focusing on, on, on just getting the sin out, but we focus on filling up with God, we're going to have some genuine encounters with people and we're going to be used by God, but you have to be willing to. You have to be willing because when you're full of the Spirit, when you're, when you're full of God and, and the good things that you put in your heart, I guarantee you that you're going to have more opportunities to, to share the love of Christ, to witness, to, to, to pray over people and things. But you have to be looking for it. You have to be open to it. You have to listen to the voice of God, right? We have the potential to change all the people around us because our hearts are overflowing with the Holy Spirit. It truly changes the way that you think when you let the Holy Spirit lead your life. It really does. 
In Romans chapter 12, it says this, do not copy the behaviors and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way that you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. What would it look like if we all had an overflow of the Holy Spirit shining light all around us? Everywhere we go, people would know that there's something different for us, inside of us, because of the fruit that we produce in our life. Everywhere we go, people would be able to tell, like, there is good fruit on you. There is good fruit being produced out of your life. With God, we have everything that we need in order to change ourselves and change the people around us, our neighbors, you know, our family members, our city, whatever. It can go as big as we want it to, right? So what are we choosing to put in our hearts, and how is it influencing the people around you? I know I'm going to end up closing a little early today, uh, but hey, it's Memorial Day weekend. You guys, uh, you deserve it. So, <laughs> um, but, but really, this is, this is something that's, that's been on my heart for a long time. Um, probably, I, I can't remember the exact age, but ever since I was a teenager, this, this verse has spoke very strongly to me. Uh, both the verse in Matthew that talks about a tree being known by its fruit and the verse in Galatians talking about the fruit of the Spirit. We have to understand this at the end, breaking it all down into something very simple. Everything starts in your heart. And whatever you put in it is what's being put out of your life. Sometimes we need to stop focusing on trying to control our tongue so much. We need to stop focusing on, on not saying the wrong things or not doing the wrong things and everything. But what we actually need to do, because the actions and the fruit that's being produced out of our life is bad, and we see that, and we try to pick the fruit off, and we try, right? You're like, hey, I don't like this in my life. I'm just going to try to prune this or cut this off, or I'm going to just try keeping it. But the thing is, is if your roots are rooted in something bad and evil, if your heart is not good, if the thing that is producing that fruit is not changed then you're not going to change. You're going to be continually for the rest of your life trying to pick that bad fruit off the tree. And if you want to be producing good fruit, you have to change your heart. Your roots need to grow deep in his love and his presence and his changing blood so that you can produce good fruit. You need to let him come in and be the gardener that prunes off the bad things, that pulls the bad fruit so that there's only good producing branches left. There's many scriptures that talks about God being the gardener and pruning us and making us right. So my, my, my hope for all of us today would be that we spend some time filling our heart with good things and being full of the Holy Spirit so that we can go out and produce the good fruit God created us to produce. We are amazingly created and used to be vessels to, to share that fruit, to share the good things that God wants to do, whether that's praying for people, seeing miracles happen, you know, being bold and, and sharing testimonies and, and scripture about who God is so that other people can experience that life change as well, right? Whatever it is, God wants us to do that, and it starts in our heart. So let me pray for us as we close. Lord, we thank you so much for, for everything that you do for us, God. You are not an idol God. You are not a God that sits back and just watches everything that goes on, and I thank you for that, Lord. God, I pray that as we continue on with our lives, as we continue on even through this day, God, I pray that you would begin to work on our hearts, work on, on who we are, 
on the inside from the deep most part of who we are, Lord. I pray that you would fill us with your Holy Spirit. God, I pray that our hearts would be yours to take control of. God, and truly, not just for the purpose of not dealing with sin anymore, not just for the purpose of of saying that I can be a good person, but for the purpose of being used by you in a powerful way. That out of the words that I speak, that are coming out of the things that are in my heart, that belong to you, Lord, I would truly see your power move. I would truly see in, in the opportunities that I have to speak to people and the opportunities I have to witness, Lord, I pray your power would go out. For all of us in this room right now, Lord, I pray that you just give us a fresh filling of your Holy Spirit, a fresh filling of your power, and a passion, God, to, to see you work in big ways. We pray this all in your name. Amen. Amen. All right, well, you guys may be dismissed. Thank you for the privilege of being able to speak to you this morning. I hope that you guys have a great week. Thank you.